Hello and welcome to Net That Hall Game Week 5. Fixture crunch is incoming, guys. So I know everyone's been complaining about the template so far, but it's going to get shaken up real soon. So I'm obviously FPL Nemo. Good to be back from my holiday and see my, what was it I called you? Supreme leader at FPL Mariner. <laughs> at FPL Lens, the resident coach and tactician as well himself. Good to see you guys. It feels like it's been a lifetime since the last stream. Oh, well, yeah, it does, doesn't it? But I've got a bit of a problem. The, the, the football league, it's upside down. The football league is upside down. Well, I shouldn't say how many league is, Gabe, because, Gabe, you're at the top. Am I really? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, not the top of our mini league, but you're top of our little league, our, us three. You had a good oh, week okay. again, right? You had another yeah, good week. Yeah, it was, a, it was a decent week. I think I got, um, was it, 82 points or something like that? Yeah, 82 nice. points. Up and into the top 100k for the first time this season, and feels weird and feels good. <laughs> Can't complain with that. I, I also got around it. I think I got 83 points. I, mm. I was I was sat there quite happily on 82, and then thought binary Bailey's going to deliver, and sure enough, he did one point. <laughs> well, you're you're not going to enjoy this one upping, but I got 84 this week, so it was my best week of the season so far. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> what was it? 82, 83, and 84. But he's in the top 100K. I just made it into the top million. So it's a long way to go yet. But points are very tight. I'm I think if I, if I would have kept Ezra, I would have gotten 85. So, <laughs> yeah, the Ezra to Neto move. I, I saw that. That's a two week move. We're going we're gonna to wait. We're gonna, that's a three week move. We're going to wait two more weeks to see. Well, he's not going to Arsenal anymore. That, that seems to have been ruled out. So at least you could get him against Bournemouth. And that's part of my thinking. I was going to sell him for maybe like Gross this week or a Leeds mid or try to get up to Gundogan. But part of me is like, I've held Neto this long. Like, I, I maybe I see through this Bournemouth game. He's not leaving for Arsenal. So it's going to be a late call because I don't yeah. have Perisic. And that's the other guy I'll talk to you about tonight, as mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. he might finally be coming in for me. We'll what did we say pre-show? We were going to get into the content within three minutes. We've just spent two minutes 30 talking. This is the content, bro. These are the topics of the week. That I bet everyone in the chat, these are the players they want to know about. Are they going to get them? We're going to do a one-hour show today, guys. Don't worry. It won't be a long one late into the night. So Deadlines let's put this hours. right then, Nemo. We're going to do a one-hour show. Now, your one hours is everybody else's one hour 30, so... Yeah, the one hour 30 is two hours, so that makes it, sense. Yeah, exactly. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it, yeah. Let's go straight in. Let me go to the next section. So I guess just before we go, actually, a quick shout-out to Don Black Dragon as well, the latest member on YouTube. So thanks for the support. That brings it up to, I think, 33 now are in the Discord chat. So I know Gabe had a good chat with them this week as well. So we're going to continue trying to do the weekly audio spaces, and like one of us will make sure we come on and just chat for a bit with the teachers. Teachers, I said haulers, I mean. I saw FPL teacher's <laughs> name and <laughs> it was it was a, it was a pleasure getting to chat with uh, with Dom for about a half hour there in the in the Discord hangouts. Um, he's in Mumbai, uh, opposite sides of the planet, of course. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it again. I'll do it sometime again this week. Uh, nice. And so Mariner, you fun. enjoyed your kind of stint. I remember you were at work and I was at work, and we were both meant to go in for half an hour and. Two hours later, we were still on the Discord hangout. 
I wasn't at work, by the way. But yes. Um, you know, it was even if you were waiting for emails to come in. You were at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, definitely just, at work, just, yeah. Just to dispel the, the myth and avoid disciplinary proceedings, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to admit I'll let you not take the fall for my sins. <laughs> co workers that, that watch this show, we have, we have to watch out what we say. Brandon, <laughs> you're always working. There we go. Should we look at the mini league as well, very quickly? Just Your best the, friend, Mariner. Just the top three. So we've got, uh, what's the name of that team? Shroot, what is it? Shroot Farms? Okay, read it. There we go. Let me look at my other screen. Okay, I can't even oh, see that. Oh, you started number three. Okay, I thought. I'm got, no, I said we're going to do the top three today, we, right? We, we have a tie for number three. We've got Shrewd three. Farms with uh, Vibav um, in third, a 29.8 KOR, 70 points this week, Captain Sala. Second place, Kevin Rose, still there. Spoken to a couple of chips, mind you. Bench boost and wild card already. Sala captain again, 22.2 K, 73 points for the game week. Team value of 101.6 million there. I don't know if anybody else spotted that. It's quite high. Early wild card. And top, uh, Dan at the FPL way, broke back mount 10. Uh, 22.2 K overall rank, 74 points for the game week. Uh, no chips played. Sala captain. Sala blank. Um, uh, yes. What, what odds was that again? One in 2.5. Three seven million. Yeah, based on the bookies odds. Yeah, based I know, on the crazy. bookies odds. If there was a nine nil, the bookies returns for Salah would have been that. You know, like you would not even get odds on that. I think it would be like just considered a given. So this one sort of lifetime moment is leading to his sales like Trent's last week, and I'm so. Excited. I laughed so much. I, I laughed so much. I was howling with laughter by the end of it. I couldn't believe how bad it was. As a Salah captainer as well, I was just killing myself laughing. At least That's we both had Luis Diaz, like though. He saved our season so far. <laughs> I think like that. If if you got something like that, you've just got to laugh. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. I think now's a good time to mention as well that I think it's a nice idea that every month we'll see who the manager of the month is. Obviously, this uh, game week, it's probably going to end with Dan at the top or Kevin or one of the top five who are there now. I'm going to give them one month complimentary Discord access so they can just jump in and see the data early and kind of chat to the haulers and be part of it as a prize for each month. So even if you're doing badly in your mini leagues, throughout the season, we'll give those three months away just to get people into grow the net that whole community and spend more time for obviously the listeners which should be quite fun i think so i know gabe's going to ask for what kind of content you guys want to see as well so he's done a couple of short form stuff with guests and there's gonna be a lot more short uh uploads coming to net that whole soon from all of us so thanks for the support guys if you want to give us a vote in the football content awards as well it is in the description of the video and the podcast i think the deadline is in about a week or so so there's a link you just click it, it takes 15 seconds if you've ever had any kind of love for net that whole anything we've done over the last two years, help us become a finalist again in the Football Content Awards Best in Fantasy Football Creators category. So there'll be a link below. And if you haven't already liked the scream, if you, it's scream, stream, if you haven't already liked the stream, <laughs> please give it a like. Give it, show us some love. Uh, it's six o'clock in the morning here in Singapore. Please show me some love. Never mind these two. If, if nothing else, just show me some love and hit that we, like button. Whilst you're at it, if you don't, then also subscribe as well and hit the bell. 
So there we go. Should we say hello very quickly to a few people and then let's get into it, mate? So I'll, I'll go through this. We've got Niels. Hello, mate. Uh, who else have we got here? Dred's been raving all night. He slept all day, so he's actually awake for this one. Not a good part of one, London. Sounds good. Uh, Oliver's here. Hello. Uh, not Oliver the cat, by the way. Roman mm. fans here as well. Mm. Who else have we got? Daddy Bot. Danish. Danish. Daddy Bot from hello from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. There we go. Oh, nice. Mia's Rub. here. Uh, Rubber Ducky. What did he say about Trent? What did you say about Salah? Um, Mariner's onto something here. <laughs> Kieran's here. Yeah, there we go. Who else have we got? L. Ron Cupboard, Yossi, uh, Rufat, uh, Dom, Ah, Yazi, Nehal, Grady, and that's it. And we've got so we've got people in Negro, India. 4am in India for Lindsay. 4am. Wow, 4am in India. Respect, man. Respect. Gabe, how can you possibly bring your philosophy in for all these people all the way around the world? We we can't decide whether we need coffee or whether we need a lulling off to sleep, like we said last week. Well, this week's um, philosophy of the week, Mariner, is is with you and is selected with you in mind. Um, it's it, it's uh, sometimes. Um, the, what's what's simple is what's best or what's true. So in this week's philosophy, so whereas last week we we got a philosophy from a Native American chief, this this week we'll get a, a, the philosophy from a, a general in the American Army in, in World War II, General George S. Patton, um, and he said, "If everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking." And I I chose this one. This this is kind of like apt for this week because last week we you know we encountered a lot of narratives and and just a, like there's a lot of ideas being brewing in the community based on very little knowledge that we have it's only it's only four weeks hey robbie's here as well hey robbie uh, um so but this very little knowledge we feel like we've learned a lot and we have so that that gives us a feeling of power and i think that feeling of power when, when it gets like combined can lead to this herd mentality that we don't question right and i think there are some questions to be asked there are questions to be asked about seemingly obvious picks at the beginning of the season like the liverpool defense that we just talked about obviously it wasn't a good idea to get rid before bournemouth which which we said last week but they are maybe questionable now we have to look at their injuries for example we have to look at Cancelo and what his role is the fact that he's been playing on the left he ends up as a center mid yeah, the things that we have learned some things, but we we need to question kind of like some of some of the herd mentality from before. So when you see that everybody's thinking the same way, people have kind of stopped thinking, and somebody needs to stop to question that so we can course correct. Yeah, I mean, we we made the comments last week, didn't we, about people seeing people selling. There's some very very strange transfers going on last week. Um, the trend cap, the trend transfer for example you know it was just mad you know and it was just written in the stars what was going to happen you know i'd go as far as saying as well i know people are a bit thinking about selling cancello right now why would you sell him this week <laughs> 
Um, I love yeah. you asking these questions because all the players I'm considering selling are like Cancelo. No, I, I, and I'm with you. And, and yeah. I'm too looking at it, but I'm not I'm doing thinking I'm going to wildcard soon, though. So I'm like, I'm going to literally wildcard in a few weeks. Three of those few weeks are now. Like, three of those four weeks. And is and that now. the point? Is that the point where we're at now? We're getting to the point now where, all right, we take one of these so-called, you know, absolute preseason locks out your team, knowing full well that you can wildcard them back in if so. needed. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm getting like that. I think Cancelo is probably the only way I can get to someone like Mitrovic. And, the and only you can get, way. You can get almost the same thing with a Diaz or even a Walker at this point, knowing that Walker's going to be nailed at least for the next month or so before you wildcard. If I told you I back here until the end of September yeah. earlier, if not. And if October. I told you I had a wildcard draft with Edison and Diaz in, what would you say? I'd say you're on the right track. I'd say you're on the right track. Cancelo, his his attacking stats are, are not there. His positioning and so his tactical positioning and all of that is not there. He's, he's not worth the seven million at this point. That I, I think he's more of a minutes guarantee for now, but even that could change soon. So, so, so if he's just a minutes so guarantee, so, and, why not the Aston and Edison for for a differential? Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Um. Anyway, yeah, you know, I like that, Gabe. Um, very, very good. Uh, Rubber Ducky's putting in the in the th KDB. Yeah, another one. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't argue against him this week. We'll we'll get to KDB. I think we'll KDB, KDB is going to haul this week. We'll get to KDB. Right. So we're going to have a look at some matchups. We're going to do it slightly differently this week, Gabe. Slightly slightly softer on data, and we're going to try and uh, this is to speed through it. And we're also going to try and incorporate the fixture difficulty and the zonals at the same time for each one. So if it, if it goes to shit, blame me. Um, just like your thread, yeah, your your stream yesterday when you dropped something, Gabe, on on air. Was quite. Oh cool. yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like fumbling with a bunch of things. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, you know, Mariner. Every time I try to drive this boat, it, it, it's like I sink. Well, I sink. I've just say at least you, at least you actually recorded it, and 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 posted it to the right channel. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> That was a success for me, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> anyway, should we should we crack on then? So we'll start with we're going to look through these matchups. Um, you do this, then what I'll do is I'll bring in the fixture difficulty and the zonals. We'll chit chat and then we'll move on. Okay, first matchup here is uh, Palace against Brentford. These are two really interesting teams because they're you know they're a little bit um, their data suggesting uh, kind of some different things. So. It's interesting, Brentford have a net XG of 1.8 away to Palace, and we think of Palace as kind of the defensively, you know, stout, at least uh, organized, especially at home. Um, but, you know, if, if we look at it, what, what I wrote here in the tactical focus is do not be fooled by by this net XG matchup. Palace have played Arsenal, Liverpool, City, um, so they've conceded a fair amount. And that that's where it's really coming from, um, the chances that Palace have conceded. Brentford are uh, actually beginning to be a concern defensively. I think they haven't figured out kind of the full rotation of, of the of the center mids, and that's that's making some gaps in that central midfield. And I think they struggle to recover once the first line of pressure has been has been beat. So once once you get past Brentford's kind of counter press, then they just kind of open up for you. And I think Palace can really take advantage of that in this matchup. So I, I actually I like the Palace assets um, here at home. Even, even though you sold one. 
even though I sold one. Thanks for that. <laughs> I got a fucking assist against City. No, I think you made the right call, though, for what it's worth. For me, I'm looking at Palace from, like, game week 12 onwards. Although yeah. the fixtures look good in the official FPL FDR, I'm convinced yeah. that when I look at them here, they will not be as good from 6 to 9 as no. it no. looks for, like on the official For the side. record, Neto should have hauled. Neto should have hauled. He should have had a, an assist and a goal in that game, at least. So I see what you did there. <laughs> See, we did that game. Yeah, so we look well, at the fixture difficulty. Uh, Crystal Palace plus 1.6 against Brentford. Um, and Neem, you mentioned about Palace uh, attack. You'll see they are positive actually as you get towards the later period of the uh, of the zone with respect to their and that's just when it starts to get good as well. Because I'm looking they from 12 do onwards. start to improve. Yeah, that's right. Because you've got 10 um, to 13. Yeah, so imagine what it looks like from 12 on. Brentford not so keen. Look, negative zero point six, um, and from a zonal perspective, um, not a lot to shout about Palace wise, and a little bit for Brentford on the right, on the right. That's is that a Bumo, um, Woodworkio from mm. last year? Um, but yeah, not not a great deal. Uh, not a great deal going on there. So should we jump on Fulham against? Uh, the, the one thing I like about that, about Mbubo on the right there, Manor, is uh, is Brentford will surely go out in a 4-3-3 against Palace because Palace play a back four. So so that means that Mbubo won't be won't be kind of tucked into that wing back role that can happen occasionally. It's also good news for Tony because that means Tony stretches the back line instead of dropping in to check for those for those balls when they when they flip to a kind of lopsided two up front. Okay, good. All right, uh, Fulham Brighton. Fulham Brighton, um, yeah, I mean, Net, NetXG had really likes uh, Brighton here. Obviously, it's uh, 1.25 to uh, 0.34, but but when you look at the percent goals that's based on the that's on a shot um, on a shots model, it, it only has gives Brighton a, about a 38, 37 and a half percent chance of a clean sheet. So it really likes the one one here. Um, it likes Brighton if, if Brighton is able to score more than one goal, then then NetXG likes Brighton. From a tactical point of view, I think you know Fulham is playing at home, and they're and they're, they're they're quite difficult to play at home. The crowd is right there, right on the pitch, and it is a small field as we've talked about before. And they play this direct style; they they go straight to Mitrovic, and Mitrovic is just a he's a different player these days. Um, you know, they could have success if Brighton line up in a back four like they did this past game week. But the way Potter is playing things, Potter is so fluid with his formations, and not just from 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 game to game, but also within a game. I see. I see Potter. I see uh, Brighton going back to a back three um, to counteract uh, Fulham's front one of Mitrovic, and and I and I think that's how they're going to take care of Mitrovic. And I think, I think Brighton just wins a tactical battle in this one. Fair and a quiet, it's a quiet day for Mitro. Quiet day for Mitrovic, uh, and the fixture difficulty suggests that might be as well. It's a, a negative zero point seven for Fulham. Um, what I will say is Mitrovic just finds a way, Gabe. He does. He, he really does. And, and that's why, you know, and, and had some conversations around this as well. I think, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. There's the, the idea that Mitrovic is fixture-proof. And I kind of ascribe, uh, subscribe to that. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah. start of the season, when we saw him in some of the RMTs, we said, why start with Mitro if you're going to bench him? We were like, if you're going to have him yeah. in your game with one team, yeah, that's it right. doesn't matter if it's Liverpool, play him. Like we were like, that's the only reason you have that third striker at that price, but yeah. you're going to play him every week, no matter what. Yeah. You know me, I'm not a fan of benching assets below. He does seem, 
Mm. Yeah, he does seem the sort of player who very quickly will price himself into a position where I'm not so happy. So I, I think I might have to move sooner rather than later for him, hence the reason that I'm seriously considering that that Cancelo downgrade. Um, so, Mary, I think you're, I think you're hitting on, a, on an important point. So just something that's starting to come up is there you can't have every asset, right? So there are certain assets that are going beyond what we might be willing to pay for them. So if, if you're deciding that to not get Mitrovic now and you want to get him in a month or so, in a month he'll be over $7 million and then you may not want to pay that much. And like I'm, I'm starting to identify which of those players is going to be for me. And I mean, no surprise to you guys. I'm sure that one that I'm starting to see that it's going to be that way is like Perisic, for example, because he just keeps going up and going up and going up. Maybe Rodrigo for me. Maybe Rodrigo oh, for me. I feel like I'm going to stop going. No, at this point, I'd be going for like Harrison. Exactly. And maybe Aronson. Yeah. No, exactly. Aaron, save the money. Go for Aronson. Watch, watch yeah. the video that we did with Libero. That I did with Libero. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't agree with you. Anyway, not on the Harrison point. Anyway, um, <laughs> Brighton against Fulham. Uh, sorry, Brighton. Brighton's uh, attack against Fulham. One point nine positive. So there we go. Uh, that's very good indeed. Also, Brighton's attack going forward's not too bad either. Pascal um, Gross instead of the Leeds Pas- mid is what Pascal I'm Pascal Gross at. instead of the Leeds midfielder. Although, again, do you know what? Someone asked me, why was I contemplating Harrison over someone like Gross? Do you know what? Honestly, I said, entertainment value. Nothing I saw more. that, yeah. You just want to enjoy mm, watching Leeds just, play. Just want to enjoy it. Um, if we look at the zonals, um, Leeds left 4.1. Look, there we go. Jack Harrison again. So uh, there we go. That's but, but let's look at this bright. Let's look at keep on the fixtures, <laughs> which I was talking about. Brighton against Fulham. Um, yeah, nothing great deal. Left slightly better on the left. Fulham not a great deal. Not much down the middle. There we go, Gabe. That suggests a tough day at the office for Mitro. Yeah, it's going to be wouldn't... tough when they move to that back five mid game without changing personnel. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he scores, though. It's just the way he is at right now. So it suggests a tough day at the office. But would you back against him right now? I'm backing Sanchez for the clean sheet for what it's worth. Uh, I've missed one. Hang on. Southampton, seven. Southampton, Chelsea, Gabe. Right. Southampton, Chelsea. We have a 1.4 for Chelsea and 1.06 for Southampton. Um, so so. Let's see, Chelsea here have a 39% chance of a clean sheet, uh, according to NetXG, and 37% chance of one goal and 22% chance of two goals. You know, uh, what I'd say is Tuchel tried to back four uh, in in the past game, and it didn't work so well. I think I like this game, actually, for Reese James. Reese James owners, you know, people that that have been maybe frustrated recently with Chelsea's defense. Um, I think that right side could see some opportunities if... um, um, sorry, that's not that. That wouldn't be KWP on that side. That's uh, what's his name? That that's Gineppo on that side. But what I will say, it'll be nice to attack Gineppo because he's not really seasoned as a fullback. He's not seasoned, but what, the reason I the reason I like him on that's actually Gineppo. The the first match against Kulusevski, he he just got destroyed, right? He got shredded there by Kulusevski, poor guy. <laughs> but since then, he's been okay, and I think he's okay. been better better in every in every game since then. But the reason I like that the right side is more like the the, the physical matchup. Gineppo is, I mean, KWP isn't isn't such a big guy either. But Gineppo is so slight, 
I think Reese James is like gonna make origami of him and and like like put, make it him could be a twenty-one pointer, eighteen-pointer <laughs> Reese James uh, two Ori goals Ori origami. Yeah, he's gonna fold him up and put him off yeah. to the side. <laughs> he's gonna do that to Gineppo. So I I, I do kind of like Reese James in in uh in like a moral bounce back game here. Um, here there's a stat that th this is from from Libero and I, and I had to I have to mention it because I've never seen this before. So he says that um, for for Chelsea Raheem Sterling, he's like he's like has perfect stats. He has his xG is two and he scored two goals and his xA is one and he has one assist. So he's like performing like to the hundredth right onto his stats. So I think Raheem Sterling is actually an interesting shout as they realize that he's kind of the only Chelsea player in the system they're playing now that can get him behind the back line. Okay, so let's and have a quick look at Mount. The... Yeah, I think Sterling at this point would be a nice punt if you wanted to change your structure. So still yeah. have two forwards, don't get like a Mitrovic Rotoni and go in for a Sterling somehow. Or or yeah. or downgrade your defense, right? Like so, uh, Liverpool's fixtures are going to change. You might want to downgrade your defense to upgrade Diaz to a Sterling or something like that, and still mm -hmm. have Mitrovic. That's another way you could do it. There's so many routes. It's going to be fun to see. People are talking about burning and rolling transfers this week, but yeah, yeah. very soon it's going to turn wild. I think I told you only 17% or 14% of wild cards have been used so far, which mm -hmm. is ridiculously low for four weeks in. Um, so that's kind of why you're seeing, as a result, people are burning transfers because they're not wildcarding either, really. Like there's been a few, but not yeah. the amount you'd expect at this point. So it should start to change now as people go different directions and think about the World Cup unlimited transfers coming yeah. up. This is a good time to go with your gut, like find the team you want to watch. You can't have them all, as you said. Like no, pick your Brighton or your Leeds or your Mitrovic or your Sterling. Like. Just get get that one more exciting asset, I think, out of my defense into somewhere in my midfielder attack. That's the way. So if, very quickly, if we look at the zone, if we look at the uh, fixture difficulty, it does it quite like Chelsea one point eight um attack and one point eight defense. So possibly a double return there, Gabe. Mm. You mentioned a bit of James Origami, it's entirely possible. Um and then Chelsea going forwards as well, attack not too bad, four point three, uh, and then slightly worse at further out. Um, with respect to Southampton, yeah, on the opposite, obviously, doesn't like them this week, uh, fixture difficulty wise. And zonals, if we look at Chelsea, interestingly enough, Gabe, Chelsea Southampton doesn't really jump out for the right hand side. That's using this year's data. Um, Southampton again, possibly a little bit more down the middle and the right than their left. Uh, not a lot there. I just want to very quickly touch on something you said about... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a tactical uh, reason why, why the, the right side won't jump out. Do you want to cover that very quickly before I jump back in? Because I want to make a point about defences. Yeah, so so the tactical reason is actually Gineppo is being held back while Kyle Walker-Peters is being pushed higher up the field. So if you look at their heat maps, Gineppo is, is still is more sitting more than Kyle Walker-Peters. So they're attacking more at the right side. And, uh, the, uh, yeah, and then the left side is sitting, so just to contain. Okay. All right. Right. The point I want to make about defences here is if you look into the range between about game week 10, uh, 10, to, so it's 10, to 10 to 12, 10 to, 10 to 13 there. Mm -hmm. If you look at that, look at Liverpool and Man City's defence. They're actually mm -hmm. very low. Liverpool's actually slightly negative. Manchester City um, still slight positive, but nothing like the high, big, deep greens that we were seeing at the early part of the season, right? 
and this is the same. If you look at defence over attack now, attack is starting to predominantly much higher. I think we're going away. I think the template's going to shift, I think, to three at the back is where I'm thinking. It's really uh, that, interesting you say that. Um, I bet, yeah, you're you're only the second person that I've heard kind of mention this. Um, I, I was listening to FPL Teachers' pod about he's go, re, recapping the Manchester City uh, Crystal Palace game, and he was saying, and this is contrary to like some of the kind of popular narrative on Twitter, and he, he's saying going double Manchester City attack right now instead of defense looks like a better setup for the for the future, uh, for, for the game weeks to come. So, so that's what I'm looking at, Gabe. I'm considering, do I downgrade Cancelo to like a Perisic and Neto straight up to a Gundogan this week knowing Gundogan was rested? But you still want this... some City cover, defensive coverage, right? That's still why then, but then that's why I'd have to go Walker instead of Perisic, but yeah. it just doesn't seem as exciting. So then I'm like, okay, what else can I do? What if I keep Cancelo this week and I just sell Neto, but that only goes to like Gross or Leeds mid? So, so but, mm-hmm. but I want to do the more aggressive move. It's two free transfers if Neto Halls, fuck it. If City get a clean sheet, I'm hoping Perisic gets 15. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. I'm just wondering, is it time to just rip off that banner? Because I think all the good teams we see from the FDR here, just to say what, why it relates, is they all had good starts. And I think City, Liverpool, Arsenal had cheap assets. There was Chelsea, Spurs. People had these assets. And for five, six million, they felt great in the back line because they felt better value than the mids and forwards. We didn't know much about them. But now we're starting to get an idea of which ones are rising like crazy in price and which ones are value. And I think until we can wildcard, you can buy back like your Cancelos or Robbos if you want to go double defense again. But for now, I feel like it's a good time for me to move off. But I don't know if sending Cancelo this week is the right week. No, I wouldn't it, it think of what happened to Trent last week. That's what I mean. No, that would be that would that frightens me just thinking. But that means I just have to let Gundogan go, which is painful because just on that point of the double attack, it seems very appealing and. I think I might just have to let Gundogan go and accept that. Anyone with Gundogan, anyone with Gundogan is very in a very very good position this week. I would suggest um, this is a big week. Yeah, yeah. Leeds Everton, Gabe. Leeds Everton. Um, yeah, you know th- th- this is an in- interesting one. We have a net xG of one for Everton and Leeds one point two three. It but. Notice what's interesting. It, it really likes a one goal for Everton. I mean, it has a Leeds uh, clean sheet percent chance. It's 33.8, so it's about 34% chance of a clean sheet for Leeds. But uh, it likes 38.5% uh, chance for one goal for Everton. Um, what I like here is, you know, I've, I've had this narrative that Everton have are anemic and they have no attack. And I think I need to start changing this because... <laughs> How can you possibly... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. How can you possibly say they're not anemic? They've got Neil Mopai. <laughs> <laughs> they just bought anemia okay. from Brighton. I mean, if Toffee doesn't chip your teeth, then what else does, right? I mean, for God's sake, Neil Mopai. Everton keeps scoring though. They're like the clean sheet. Um, they're, they're, they ruin everyone's clean sheet. No one's. You don't get. They keep scoring one goal, one goal, one goal. They, they. So they. I wrote here that they haven't. They haven't been shut out since uh, since Chelsea in game week one, and they should have scored against Chelsea in that game week. And then before that, the, the previous one was that Minnesota United embarrassment, um, where they got the like three or four nil to an MLS side, but. But that was that was preseason, and now during the season, they just seem to get it. They just seem to nick that goal. So, 
just you know there are some people that might have Melier as a goalkeeper or or uh, I, I don't like the I, I think Everton score again um but I but I do think that Leeds really just press them all over the all over the park here and in the at, at home and coming back off a really grueling disappointing one nil loss even though they, they were right to lose that game um yeah I like Le- I like Leeds at home here to, to kind of give Everton I, hard time. I too fancy Leeds um hence my thought of bringing Harrison in uh, the fixture difficulty likes Leeds attack as well. 1.8. Mm. Um, so there's some positive for your uh, Rodrigo owners. And if you're looking at going on, jumping onto a Leeds asset now, I think it's the right time now. Said last week I wasn't convinced about Leeds. We were right that it wasn't the right week to jump onto Leeds. Um, but now I think it is. Defensively, I, I still don't like Leeds. Shout um, out to the Meslier owners from game week one for the save points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has he got any? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Leeds, Leeds are better defensively. They're, they're still not no, they great. Are. Yeah. They are better, yeah. and especially at home. They're, they're they better. Are. So I, I think they're going to be like a middle. I mean, that's table. not a terrible matchup. That point for each, well, I say it's point four. At least it's positive, but that's probably more to do with Everton away than Leeds, really. And given the fact that fixture difficulty looks. Uh, a slightly longer period, of course. With, this is the big thing we've been moaning about with the fixed difficulty, is the fact that there's been so many changes this season. I think it's it's struggled to pick this up. Um, Everton-wise, slightly negative for for attack um, and very negative for defence, as as we've seen. Uh, and fixture and uh, zonals. I mentioned it earlier. Now, now let's get it in the right order. Looks good for someone like Jack Harrison down the left, 4.1 for Leeds, not so much down the middle. In fact, Everton down the middle, Leeds look like they might struggle, but so they create the chances from the wings, slightly less from the right than the left. Uh, Everton look to create down their left and through the middle when it comes to Leeds as well, Gabe. Um, Nima, anything you want to add on that? Um, any Anything we want to touch on? Uh, there's been my, my discussion is, do I bring Harrison in? I can't get to Rodrigo. Hmm. Yeah, now, I can't go straight from Neto to Rodrigo. And if I was going to go that high, I would just go Gundogan. I feel like Man City player for like a million more at this point. Yeah, true. I mean, for Harrison me, Harrison feels would... worth it still. I think from a value perspective, Harrison yeah, was the I'm... one I was interested in, but I'm just not seeing the output. So I'm... I, I just think Harrison is is more integral to them right now. For me, I just think he's more likely to to hold that position down. He seems to be the creator. So Harrison, Harrison is further forward. And, and so you see him in, in the box and you see him in more in more dangerous positions. One thing, we, we were having a chat on the, um, the SKLW tournament um, DM chat there, which were undefeated, by the way. And we have like nobody in the top lists and <laughs> none, of our, none of our players. It's, like, it's a full-on team effort. But, um, but Harrison is like, I was telling them, Harrison is like one of those players that, He's in dangerous positions. He's really fast. And every time he does something, it looks like it was an accident. I mean, I think that's really unfair. I, I, I really, I, I was, I nearly, I nearly jumped on my phone when I was listening to that yesterday morning. I thought it was just so unfair. I, I actually really, I know in the past he's been in the Bielsa days. He was, he was subject to that 30, forty-five minute hook. Mm-hmm. Right, and mm-hmm. I remember that really well, mm-hmm. but he's not now, and he's you know but he's, he's top for XA. He's top for XA. 
but one of him or Rodrigo are going to get dropped. But who drops? That's In the question. Opinion, who would you drop? Like, I've been thinking it's Rodrigo, but obviously after the recent quotes, the fact that he's still returning, I'm like, oh shit, this guy's looking dangerous for now. You're Jesse Marsh, who do you like, drop? But but Vanford's nowhere in sight. Are you going to take, your, you gonna so take your main assistant? Are you going to take your main person who's creating chances out of the team? For the guy you made captain, yeah, if he's still scoring every week too. So both of them were on the I'd, hook here. I'd be shocked. Both I'd of them were in danger though. But the point is, that's so far away because Bamford's been nowhere near. So I think True. at this point, if I wanted to just go for a Leesman, I go for the one you think is going to return most. Yeah. Do you know I, what I I'll do? Do you know what I'll do? Is I'll go for the one who Andy Martin's going for, who's the Leeds fan, and he's going for Harrison. He's going for Harrison. Okay, I'm in. I'm on the Harrison boat if I don't get Pascal Gross. There we go. Yeah, right. That's my um, that's my impassioned Harrison defense of Harrison. Yeah. Defense this week. Um, Bournemouth Wolves guys. That move by the end of the show. <laughs> what do you say? I'm going to talk you guys out of that move by the end of the show. I, I'm still more interested in Gross or Gundogan, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I just, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying Gross is a bad pick. I'm really not. I'm just saying from sheer entertainment value, I think I prefer to watch Leeds. Mm. <laughs> That's it. I'm, you've got to have some fun with FPL. I mean, hell. It's like and, you want to I over mean, a and, again. And an argument for Harrison, you know, Leeds are at home. And they're much better at home, whereas uh, Gross is a way to Fulham, and that's a difficult, that's a tricky place mm-hmm. to play. So, you know, for this coming game week, I think there's there's an argument to me be made definitely yeah. for Harrison. Okay, so Bournemouth um, against Wolves. Before I mean, we get before we oh, get to Bournemouth v Wolves, uh, we got we have 51 people uh, viewing here. Yeah, we only have about 27 likes, I think, on the stream. So we could really use those likes. Help us out. It doesn't take much. Help us just, out. Just, just I'll play the. Uh, let me play. Um... <laughs> We'll, we'll do the Damari Gray pick. How about that? We'll do the, 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 that pick Gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do today. Because I saw someone mention it in the live chat. So that video has been on a hiatus for like a year until you saw it recently again, right? So that's going to be really happy. That I found the whole clip. Yeah, uh, it looks I, like he's a serial killer in it. You'll Bournemouth see, you'll Wolves. See Bournemouth Wolves, boys. Bournemouth Wolves. Bournemouth with a net XG of 0.55. Wolves with a net XG of 1.32. Um, Wolves with a seven whopping 77% chance of a clean sheet here for, for Wolves. Yes, you know, Bournemouth, they don't shoot very much. They don't create very much. Um, let's see. Uh, Wolves Wolves have a 38.6% chance of one goal. But um, if you're looking at like two plus goals, you're looking at about 20% chance of, of two or more goals, which isn't great. And that's a lot to do with, I, I believe, the post-shot XG or the expected goals on target for for Wolves, which uh, which kind of isn't matching what, what they're creating. In this in this one, you know, Bournemouth play with a back five. So I think um, I think uh, Neto and, and uh, Gonzalo Guedes will most likely like kind of alternate and joining Jimenez up, up front. If Jimenez starts, I'm not sure about that. I think Teacher's in the chat, so he can... Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, he's telling us no one cares about Bournemouth Wolves, so I'll, I'll get on with it. With it, but if he can tell us if Jimenez is going to start there, the, um, that'd be good. Um, but but I think it's going to be like Jimenez, and then one of the other two. I, I believe it's going to be Gonzalo Guedes, kind of arriving to partner Jimenez and attracting the attention of the defense, and then Neto coming in a little bit later and wide um, because Bournemouth in a in a back five or a back three. I think that that they'll. That they'll open up space for for kind of like a late run if uh, if Jimenez and Guedes kind of track a lot of attention from 
from the from the three center backs. So I think I do think things are going to open up for Neto here. I would make him. Well, I, I, I think he could get something here, but he could have gotten something last week. He could have gotten something in game week one. I mean, he should have he should have had by this point many returns, and he hasn't. So maybe there's a reason for that that I'm that I'm missing. I'm not sure. Anyway, Alan's saying Kiefer Moore will score. Why is he off out? Is he off for a night out? <laughs> oh, you mean score a goal? Right. Yeah, oh, they're yeah, not yeah. scoring a nightclub. That, I, that, I, I knew what you meant, but I was just I, I couldn't believe that that's what you thought it meant. I was like, wow, this guy's not been on not been on the same wavelength since I last saw him. Football pod and he's thinking about a dating pod. Mm. Let's have a look at this. Bournemouth, where are we on the fixed difficulty? Well, it hates them. Minus two uh, defensively. Well, it actually is neutral for defence. So, that's, I mean, that's that's a change. They were minus four last week and they conceded nine. So, yeah. So, that <laughs> so maybe they may only concede four. Maybe they're going to concede four this week. <laughs> two, maybe two, probably. Um, and, yeah, um, from the Wolves' perspective, um, that... Do you know what? Wolves only having a neutral fixture difficulty against Bournemouth speaks volumes for where Wolves were. Wherever Wolves are now remains to be seen. I know you two have got Neto. You know me. I would not go. That's the reason why I'm not going there. saying to sell him this week and you're telling me if he's saying it, then I feel more confident because I've got two free transfers. I'm not going to burn it and keep him. But he bought in Luis Diaz, though. Yeah, but only for Gundogan, I think. I wouldn't do it for um, I wouldn't do it for Gross or Harrison. I don't think it's worth it this week. Um, but that's where selling Gabriel after nine points to get Perisic, like one of the two is going. So either I use two I, transfers and get Gundogan, or do one transfer. I don't mind selling Perisic. Gabriel. I wouldn't mind selling Gabriel down if you just need to generate a little bit of money. Go, why right. can't you just go to Saliba? I already, sold, I already sold them. So I looked at that. I wouldn't go for Saliba, I think, because he's already ridden. To, 4.7 now, I think he is. So it's a 0.3 difference. Um, I would go down to like 4 million, like Emerson before that game week seven run for West Ham improves defensively. So that's an interesting one for me there. I've mm-hmm. got West Ham. I like that. Very quickly on the zonals, well, Bournemouth hates um, Wolves. Uh, Wolves left, Gabe, slightly better than mm. the right and better than the centre. Um the next one, but but is... you notice the the flanks are much better than the center. Yes. So in playing against that, and and it's because of that that back three, right? And and that opens up the the flanks because of because of the wing backs. And I think, and I think that um, that Gonzalo Guedes and and Raúl Jiménez will kind of occupy the space and really draw a lot of attention centrally and make those flanks even more appealing for Neto. And Neto can play on either side, so. Um, I do, I do like him a lot in in this game. If he can just convert, if those if. things don't get called back, how and, many more uh, times are you going to go? If it's he's is he might be the Adama Traore of this season. I don't know. Yeah. He might be. He's only control. like you say. He's only five point three. He might be five point two soon. But that's what I mean, man. So part of me is thinking like I, I'll hold it. Like if I hold him, it would just be for this one or two. But if he doesn't return against Bournemouth, right? His price is going to attack worse than it's done so far. <laughs> I'm so fucking scared. Part of me is like, if I just get rid of him now, even if he hauls, it won't hurt me. 
that's the same mentality I had with Mount earlier and stuff. I was like, if I sell him and he does it holds, it would have been like a case of what if rather than oh shit, my season went down the toilet from selling him. So part of me is like, do I want Gundogan more than worrying about Neto getting points and finally finishing, as you say? Like he's gonna get the chances, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. he seems like he's kind of out of sorts on the finishing side. And I think that's what FPL teacher's saying as well. And it's, it's worrying for me, but he's not going to Arsenal anymore. So you don't have to worry about that. So that's part of a positive reason to potentially keep him. Yeah, you just bought him, by the way. For anyone who the, doesn't know, Gabe just bought him. You only signed him yeah. so you could have four Exactly. Arsenal so, of course, players. he can't sell him this week. You, but my you situation is different. But you only signed him so you could have four Arsenal players. Anyway, whilst we're talking <laughs> about Arsenal... Um... In game week one, I did not know he was going to be coming to us. <laughs> Lies. Slander. You, you, only, you only want to sell him because Arsenal now isn't buying him. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, exactly. Straight <laughs> through you, Kafai. Straight through you. Um, you cool Arsenal again. against Aston Villa. Uh, Arsenal against <laughs> Aston Villa. Really likes Arsenal here. And NXT does uh, 1.76 for Arsenal, 1.21 for Aston Villa. Um, we're looking at if if we look at Arsenal, you know, the, the highest percentage here is a 34.5% chance of one goal. But if we add, if if we go like two or more goals, which it, you know, which is if we're netting that haul, if we're looking for hauls, we're always interested in that two or more goals, three or more goals. And you know, by by adding those up, we're right around the same percent chance of one goal or two or more goals. So so you have to like Arsenal here, especially at home. Um, Villa, by, by contrast, is about a 32% chance of a clean sheet for Arsenal. Villa most likely score a goal. They have been able to, to nick their goals, um, especially when Bailey starts. And I do expect Bailey to start and perhaps give Arsenal trouble there on, on their left-hand side. I expect Villa to be in a 4-3-3 because Arsenal are in the back four. Um, people don't want to hear this, but you know when Bailey's starting, how many he's hit the post, he's, he's hit the crossbar, I think a couple times, I mean. Um, he's, I, I, I think people are just upset at Bailey, the asset, and then they're underrating Bailey, the player. And in that four, three, three, the only thing holding them back is, is their manager. And Jared, when, when he plays that four, three, three, especially against the back four, uh, Bailey, Bailey can create some stuff. So I don't know that Arsenal will get a clean sheet here. Um, but I do like them doing this game. I mean, the problem I've got with it is that I, I, I do I'm I'm still owning Bailey, and I genuinely now have I, I've run out of patience with Gerard, not with Bailey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Gerard I've run out of patience. Worry, it's quite straightforward. I, and I just <laughs> and I just look at a Leeds midfielder, five, but I, it doesn't matter. I, and I've lost some money on it. I, I look at that Leeds midfielder, and I just think it's just too attractive right now to to avoid moving to Bailey, and I'll take my chance of moving away from Bailey. I think I'll take my chances, Gabe, even though you're trying to talk me out of it. Um, let's let's have a look at the zone, at the fixture difficulty in the zonals. Well, Arsenal really positive for that double return. So oh, here we go. Uh, Zinchenko's injured, right? Gabriel's going to get another goal. That's part Is of it. Another Gabriel. Goal. Goal and a clean sheet sat there looking at that. It could be. That could be. You've sold him, Gabe. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> I look forward to next week. <laughs> I, sold, I sold my namesake. It's okay. I have, I have two more in my team. Two more yeah, namesakes. Yeah, three Gabriels. You've sold yourself to the devil. It's a, but I have two more selves. 
So I'm I'm like uh I'm like a Dorian Gray where where I have my like my back room self and that's the painting where all the bad stuff happens and I sold one one self. Just okay. for TSAFC and the questions as well. Um, I don't think you're gonna see Zinchenko play on Wednesday night. To be honest, I think it's precautionary, but like we look different without him, and I think they're gonna to want to preserve him for United away at Old Trafford. Mm. I don't think Party or Zinchenko will make that eleven. I do think there will be maybe two changes at most from the team that we saw. And people like Tommy Arsu, Smith Rowe, Eddie and Ketia, they're all going to be pushing for a start. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to even see like Tommy Arsu playing left back. So Ben White can stay at right back, but to give him minutes. Or I could see Ben White rested and Ben White would get the preference at United. And Tommy Arsu would play right back this game, meaning Tierney would then stay. And it wouldn't be Tommy Arsu at the back. So there's mm-hmm. like there's definitely going to be some rotation. And I don't know if Martinelli is one that could face it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Smith Rowe comes in in different position. Mm-hmm. Vieira is going to get good minutes off the bench. So the this is, is the coming. Where Martinelli will get arrested. That time's coming. Yeah, like and Eddie, Eddie could start. Yeah, so he, he, Eddie looked great for the thirty minutes he came on, and it was like a Wenger-esque um, move. I haven't seen anything like it in many years. So it was the first time I think since um, like nine years. Hmm. Hmm. If Martinelli gets rested with that positive left left sided matchup, I'm going to be pissed off. Oh, wait, did I lose you for a second? Yeah, you, you froze there for a second. Yeah, I thought so, because you all started spinning. But I was just saying, I've not seen a move like taking Tierney off for a striker from Arteta or Emery or any of these guys before. It's a very Wenger-esque move of 60th mm. minute. You've just gone down. You've dominated the whole game, one mistake. And the intent to then bring on Eddie and the way he looked, you could see kind of the wingers, Saka and Martini, were going very wide to allow Eddie and Jesus space so they wouldn't get in each other's way. And I wonder if that's going to be more of a plan B you see from Arsenal now going ahead where Eddie can come in and Martin and Saka will touch the wing more. So I think on that regard, Saka really is starting to look like it's not worth the extra money. Odegaard is looking way more value than I thought he would, if I'm honest. He was the man of the match. He dictated the whole game. It was crazy. And he started to take shots that he wasn't before. And I think when he didn't uh, take a shot against Palace in game week one, he said in the press like he felt like he should have taken a shot instead of trying to pass. And since then, he's obviously nicked it off Gabriel's foot. He's taken another one. So I, I think he's a great option. If you want a good triple attack, Saka's not who I'd be looking at anymore. It would be Jesus Odegaard and Martinelli. And that's just something I want to put in there because I could sell like Gabriel and turn into a um, Odegaard, so a third attacker mm. for these fixtures. Because I don't think they're as bad as people say. There's like Brentford and Everton within it, I think, as well. So, you know... Villa still at I, home. I tend to agree with you, Nima. I mean, I, mean, I don't the, see a clean sheet. That's the main thing I want to say. So, in the next yeah. four, I don't expect many Arsenal clean sheets. So, I'm t- comfortable no. kind of selling the defender at this point. Just to make one more point about Arsenal before we move off them, um, I tend to agree with you on Odegaard. Um, his heat maps now, as I've actually considering now for a central matchup. Yeah, yeah like he basically he's is. Push, just, his yeah. heat maps are pushing into the box. Um, quite noticeably now. Um, so he's getting into some good positions. So again, I don't watch the games like you. I look at it from a different angle and I've spotted it's that It's interesting as well. you've seen a change to his tactical style. I think he's more confident now getting into the box. Yeah, yeah. Man City against Forest. Sofa time. Um, okay, Gabe. Hmm. I mean, Man City with a 1.81 Nat XG, uh, Forest with a 0.93, which is higher than I expected. Um, so, you know, I mean, the, the stats are pretty obvious in this match. So, you know, I, I think Manchester City is going to use it to get players like 
I don't know that, that it's Grealish necessarily. I, I wrote Grealish there. I, I just think it's that, that left-hand side more than anything. And I think what's going to come from that left-hand side is um, it's more than anything is going to be the, the kind of left-sided triangle with, with uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I, th- I think Kevin De Bruyne could really like be kind of the focal point of, of, of the attack in, in this matchup. Um, that being said, I think they'll also be working on it. It's like it's a perfect matchup to work on the timing where where you're playing the your the passing triangles on on the the wings for City and working of the timing of those triangles with with uh, Holland's runs, and I think the work on those timings will probably <laughs> Holland could get a couple goals in there and then be rested. I don't know that he'll play the entire game, but um, but yeah, I, I like Kevin De Bruyne kind of posting up on that on, the, on that left hand side for Forest. It's a really haul this this game week. Okay, so let's have a look at the fixture difficulty. Um, yeah, 3.9. Very positive indeed. Screams four goals to me. Again, 3.1 defence. Screams a clean sheet. Um, maybe you don't quite agree with that, Gabe. But I think Forest away from home are going to probably really struggle. But you can never discount yeah. them from nipping something. Um, I do think, though, these two matchups are these two matchups here. These deep greens for attack and defence tells me not under any circumstances sell Cancelo this week. Not under any circumstances. No, no, I've, I've gone away from that idea. <clears throat> Future move. Good. <laughs> now let's look at this as well. Um, Manchester City's zonals, 5.9 on the left. I sold Foden last week. Um, I was thinking that of that, actually, when I saw could be this. Gundogan, though, couldn't it? Gundogan does occupy that left side. As well, four point six and four point six middle and right, um, yeah. Forest, uh, well, yeah, not much <laughs> expected, but yeah. As a Foden seller, I, I clearly benefited from it because I went to Diaz last week. But I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, there's, we're going to come on to the Liverpool matchup in a in a in a couple of in a couple of slides, but yeah, um, don't worry me a little bit. I quite like the look of that left-hand side for City this week, Gabe. I, I, I will challenge the, um, yeah, yeah. That that left that left-hand side is is definitely where where to attack for us. I mean that that's what I was trying to attack with the the uh, Don Juan pick last last game week with the Hyunming Sun, and it, it didn't work out. But that that left that Forest right side does open up. But one one thing I'll say is is, is I'll challenge that there's under no circumstances is Cancelo a sell. And I would disagree with that because you can save almost two million by still getting a Manchester City defender and maybe upgrading somewhere if, you, if you're going to a Manchester. So, or you're, so, or what, you're upgrading so what do you? Yeah, good. Answer. What do you think about that to kind of or some, something like that? Because Cancelo is yeah. basically offering you just slightly, just a very little bit more than what Walker is offering you. So if you want, if you want to make some money there. As long as you still have that that city defensive coverage, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to go like say, if you want to go Cancelo to Walker and a midfielder to Gundogan. That's what I was going to say. Then yeah, triple City for this game. So the question is, Mariner, is, is 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 having just Cancelo in this game better than having Walker and Gundogan in this game without a hit? You see what I mean? Like, I could have like double the number of City players that I, I do. I do. I, I do see it, but I, I just. You know, I mean, I, I think when you make the the question about for two city assets, 
rather than one, maybe I can see the I can I can see the positive. But <laughs> this week, the other example given was to recycle the money into the forwards for someone like Mitrovic this week against Brighton, who are is probably I think a tougher as about as tough as it gets, I think, right now. They're very, very well organised, even at Fulham, right? I'm not saying Mitrovic won't get anything. I'm not so sure. I, 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 For me, I probably wouldn't, Nima, but that's just me. I don't know whether, you know, that's maybe just the manager I am. That's what I mean. I feel, so I feel like the wild card's coming I feel soon like anyway. Walker, so I when feel am I going to do it? I, just hate I don't him. feel I just, confident I, with Walker. Um, no. I feel like the new uh, fullback. He could get a start in this spell. It's probably going to be the weekend game, maybe not this one, but at some point he's going to get a game. Maybe Cancelo moves to the right back position that game. Maybe Walker gets bench. I would love Laporte. He's far away. It sounds like end of September, maybe October. So Aki's hamstring, who knows when he's back. So it's all a bit stones is a liability. You don't really want him. So then you're kind of like, oh, actually, well, then I guess Walker does play and he does stay on most games. And, and how long do you need to own him for? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just three or four weeks. As well. yeah. So, so I'm part it's not of me thinking, like, should I just get Walker and Gundogan? Like, and then I just wildcard back Cancelo if I want him, like if, if it goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, look, that's an example of moving one of the moving the can moving a player like Cancelo out, you know, one of these players who was absolutely nailed in your thinking at the start of the season. Yeah. And you think you'd never take him out. The beauty of it is you've got this wildcard, and then you've got another one. So yeah, like six weeks later again. So I just think, yeah, it's 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 not as bad as it sounds initially. Um, I, I feel and I think the thing is, Gabe, is this, you know, is is Cancelo going to benefit from that left-sided matchup? Is my perspective. I think that's right. the key. He might just as easily benefit himself, you know. And again, players don't become bad players overnight. They don't become bad FPL assets. He needs, you know, he's probably due <laughs> in many senses. No, but his situation is different, right? He's so not playing like, the last same role. He was yeah. on the right, and then his role is completely different. When he's on the left, he has to tuck inside, and he ends up as a central defensive mid. And he doesn't get forward. He's not near mm. the box as much. So, mm. so the, it's it's a different situation for Cancelo. No, I mean, we I did say that last year, didn't we? We did say that he's better on the right than the left. We've we've yeah. been saying that for for a while. To be fair, um, to be honest, we knew that pre-season. And we all still went with him. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's more. <laughs> we've never seen him this tucked in. Both no. him and Walker are tucked in. Mm. Mm, interesting. Maybe if I had two free transfers rather than one, I'd be warmer on it, Nima. Maybe that's the other. Maybe that. Maybe that's my personal bias and my personal situation coming into it as well. But that's where the Perisic topic of this will come up as well because I could just skip Walker because Perisic seems so much more exciting than Walker. Like if I'm going to sell Cancelo because I'm saying he's not likely to get attacking returns, why go for Walker? Why not just go for Perisic, take yeah. the punt against the City defense altogether before wildcarding back in? A report or a cancello or something, and then I'm, Diaz I'm is glad you asked thinking. that question. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll answer that question right. Great, right yeah, because this feels like this <laughs> is just the back section. Yeah. We'll spend a few minutes on this one, Tottenham West Ham, because uh, NetXG really thinks it's somewhat even according to the raw NetXG number of one point two one for Spurs and zero point nine five for for West Ham. And when you look at the percentages as well, you know the most likely result is a one one. But then when you look at the other percentages, you know, it really like Spurs, for example, two plus goals is going to be about 38%, whereas a clean sheet is about 36% for Spurs. So I would say NetXG, when you take everything into account, really like Spurs for um, in, in this one. 
Now, West Ham are among the biggest un underperformers when it comes to attack this season. Um, they, you know, you spoke about last week how they, they need these new pieces to come in. They, they need a little bit of a change. Um, they need Shamaka to, to, be, to be more involved. But to get right to the heart of the matter here, and the big question for Spurs is Perisic. Um, it seems like, like from a NetXG perspective, at least, this is a low upside game for a player with kind of unimpressive stats and his rotation risk. Um, so Libero sent me these, these stats today. Here, here are the uh, Ivan Perisic stats. Here's the XG for game week one, 0, 0.0. Obviously, he didn't start. Game week two, he didn't start either, so also 0, 0.0. Uh, game week three, 0, 0.0. Game week four, 0, 0.3. Um, his, let's see, his XA is uh, game week one, 0 0.02. Game week two, 0 0.26. Game week three was 0 0.59 XA. That was when he got that flick. Pretty much all of that was from that flick on. Um, and game week four is 0 0.06. So he, he doesn't have XG stats. He doesn't have XA stats. And he's prone to rotation. And he's coming back from injury. And midweek have now just begun. And so I, I don't know. I just think there's so much better value and, and consistency and security elsewhere. Um, so I, th I think I think Perisic is one of those um, narratives that that we've kind of all gotten swept up in. Yeah, but the way I look at it is, if he gets a double return, his price rise will be so insane that this is like my chance. To I'm not going to get a price rise out of Walker. That's for certain. <laughs> like I know that for certain. Perisic could even from one return or two returns in the next four or five weeks, just go up 0 0.4, 0 0.5 mil. And then I'll be wildcarding as well. So it so could dunk. I think one thing I will say is the stats might not show this, but from my personal perspective of watching him, what I liked about him was that he almost feels like he's playing as one of the attackers or a winger. So when they are doing their counterattacks, I see a lot of times where, similar to what we've seen from Robbo, even though it's not culminating a goal yet, they both seem to just arrive in the box. So a lot of that won't be XG or XA if no one passed mm -hmm. to him. And it kind of reminds me of Gundo in the prior seasons when two years back he started like getting into the box. And mm -hmm. you think, okay, like Jack has been doing it this season. He was running into the box last season. But because there was no output, no one noticed. And this season there's actually output to his runs into the box. So people mm -hmm. suddenly look at that. And I wonder if that's something we might see more from Perisic is as he does get more settled. Because the inverse of what you said is he was injured, so he's not really played much. And I like to see it as an early sub. So I'm like, okay, well, he was subbed early. There's no reason he couldn't play another, like, 60. And I almost see this as a positive in a way because part of me is like the upside is there and he could be subbed before clean sheets are lost. So that was one of my things that I was very excited about. And That sounds like a long narrative. The, the earlier yes, point, I, 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 I totally... No, the earlier know, point you get... Earlier point, no, no, the earlier point about where he is in the box. Yeah, yeah. No, but the later this point, less is, time is better. I cannot subscribe to that. FBI I think it is with like, five subs. Oh, if he plays less time, it's going to be better for him. No, we want we want nineties. Well, Cancelo only plays sixty. Cancelo, Cancelo, yeah. pretty nailed. He's pretty nailed on that back line. He's not a sixty-minute player. No, Cessignon can come on whenever they need as well. But Dunk. I still think the upside is that. But I've got Sanchez, and I'm not looking to double up in any defence. After what happened mm. with Liverpool at the start of the year. I think the one thing I will do is I will avoid double defence from any team for the foreseeable future. That's for certain. Um, I think that's yeah, a reasonable shout. I think yeah, that's actually a reasonable thing. shout. Yeah. I just don't I'm trust them. I just don't so, trust any of them. I think that's a reasonable shout about avoiding that double defence, even though I mentioned I might have, I did have a wildcard draft with 
um, with with double city. I think that's a reasonable shout there. Um, quickly, let's quick let's look at the fixed difficulty. Um, Spurs positive, only one point three. Gabe, only one point three. Put that in context compared to uh, City, which we've already mentioned at three point nine there, um, and defensively point nine against a misfiring West Ham. Who? How long more can they misfire for? Um, it was their first goal of the season, right? Yeah, um, and weeks. yeah, and West Ham, yeah, it's negative, negative, and zonals. Uh, I don't think it's a long time since I've seen Spurs numbers so low, Gabe. 3.4, um, nothing screaming out about Spurs this week to me. Mm-hmm. Um, West Ham 3.9, 3.9. More, you know, put it in context. Better. Look better for West Ham down the left and the centre than than to Spurs, apart from them. Maybe right. I, West Ham do cause them issues. I know it's one of those things I don't like to look at, like a team's prior results against the same opponent. But West Ham are a bit of a bogey team in the way Palace can be for City. I think it's a London derby. Form can go out the window. It's a cliche to say, I know, but. I could definitely see West Ham going there and doing something. So part of me thinks maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't the week to be going to yeah. get Perisic. I could keep Gabriel against Villa. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's other ways to get to Gundogan or maybe it is just a Harrison or Gross or keep Neto, one of them. But that's the other problem with having two free transfers. Um, and I think because all the big teams have had good fixtures, we don't want to sell them either. So that's why I kind of feel like we are in a bit of a trap. And that's part of why I was thinking of sending Cancelo getting Perisic. But maybe Perisic isn't the answer. Maybe there's someone else um, there's good assets emerging. Fafana at 4.4 million. That's another one I've got an eye on. So Emerson at West Ham, as we were saying. So mm-hmm. there could be ways to get money out into the attack and get that third striker and Gundogan, not just... Like, I just need, like, Trent as my expensive guy, James, you know, a 4 mil, a 4 mil, and a 4.4. 4. And it's, there you go. I've got a great team. <laughs> Trent, no, James, no, yeah. Imagine wild, Trent. Wild card structures now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I might do stuff that is the opposite of that now. So that's what I mean, like get the Perisic now, get the good now, and then wildcard into the structure I want with the three in the back. Perisic is due to rise, boys, as well tonight. tonight. That's part of the thinking, so I might make that move tonight. I might do Gabriel's Perisic live on air. (laughs) Just to catch the price rise. Prices over points, remember, folks. Liverpool, Newcastle. Liverpool, Newcastle. Um... So this, this one's really interesting because Newcastle could have a series of injuries. Now, I, I think some of them um, are are due to be back. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. NetXG says 1.73 for Liverpool, 1.43 for Newcastle, which is interesting. So definitely likes goals in this one. And uh, that's not surprising um, given Liber- you know the state of Liverpool's defense, the state of Liverpool's midfield, and just the way Newcastle have been playing now. What this might not take into account is uh, are the injuries. I think uh, Trippier is probably going to be out. I, I I expect them to to kind of like rest his hamstring. He's had hamstring problems in the past. Um, Alonso Maxima, he didn't he didn't train today. Um, I believe who else? Um, I'm not sure about Kraft. If, if Kraft was it was supposed to be in or out. I think uh, Bruno. Who will play right back? By the way, then because. If both Trippier and Kraft are out, then Murphy. there isn't even someone there to play. It's going to be <laughs> Murphy or someone will play right back, and and Wilson's also out. So there, the, you know, Newcastle is quite decimated here. Um, Liverpool with a second straight home match, and I, I just I just think 
you know, we were talking about this, you know, before the show is, you know, the, the first, the first match was all about kind of the collective, the, the, the nine nil was all about the collective for Liverpool. It's about the team, the morale, get, get their win under the belt. And then, and Salah, their, their, their talisman didn't get anything. I think this one is going to be all about the talisman and to whatever, to thank him or, or whatever. I think they're going to get him his his due in this one. And I, I think Salah's going to... He's going to be up there for the golden boot. boot and he's going to stat pad in a match like this. Against in a match like this. And everybody's going to support him in doing that. The crowd's going to support him in doing that. The manager's, manager's going to support him in doing that. And all his teammates are going to support him because he got nothing in the 9-0. So. And Lewis has a ball against that side. This is another double attack. Looks like it's an exciting time to be a yes, exciting time to be a <laughs> Liverpool double attack uh, owners. So we've got the best fixture difficulty as well at four point four, and that's before you start taking into account the injuries. So that could be even higher. Um, Two point eight for defence again. Those Trent sellers, yeah, you're, you're buying him back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of us was going to answer that, and then I realised I would not sell him. Wonder how many people sold him and bought him back. Um, yeah, so that's very, very positive. And when we look at the matchups, it's the right now clearly against Newcastle 5.6 against 3.4 down the middle and 2.4 on the left. Gabe, we've chatted about this just in the week. I was saying, why are they so bad? And you mentioned that probably it's Diaz cutting in to the middle and the chances moving from the left side into the middle for Liverpool. So that left side don't worry so much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't attribute the left side necessarily to Diaz because Diaz cuts inside, and a lot of his chances come from the the center of the field. So he would be a mix of central and and left there. Um, and he's involved so much that that it, I, I wouldn't let the zonal matchups, at least not this early, uh, concern him. No. I like. I, I own him. I'm very happy holding him as well. Yeah. I think double mat double is is perfect. Um, okay. Um, last one, Leicester, Manchester United. Leicester against United, almost almost equal here, kind of across the board. Um, 1.45 for Leicester, 1.55 for United away. Um, what's interesting here is uh, while the numbers are equal, for, when you just look at the shots model, um, they're not very equal because the, the shot model will also take into into consideration um, expected goals on target, um, that, that post-shot model there. And it really doesn't like Leicester because all of Leicester's chances are quite small. Even even their finishes are. It's not like they add a lot of XG to the finish with, with the, the expected goal on target. It's it's usually about the same. They're just getting kind of lucky that these shots are going in. I think Harvey Barnes's goal from from the weekend is a perfect example. Yeah, he strikes again, friggin' near <laughs> post. Keeper should absolutely have that, but no, it's Harvey Barnes, so it fucking goes in. Anyway. <laughs> United here with a 49% chance of a clean sheet is really interesting. I don't, I'm not really buying a United clean sheet. And the reason is Leicester have been able to score goals this season without big chances for the most part. And United are a team that they concede goals from small chances. So that, that kind of matchup is not good for United. So I, I do think Leicester will, will score here, but I, I would be surprised if United don't kind of build on what they've, they've been doing and 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 win this one it'd be interesting to see how they set up um but look look, look for united players to really start coming into their own in, in the coming weeks with uh with anthony joining he'll have anthony on anthony on one wing and sancho on the other that 
that front formation is looking quite formidable. If if he if Anthony can adapt to the Premier League, there's still a lot to be. Sounds to be like he'll be there in time for the Sunday match against Arsenal at Old Trafford. Okay. Will, will he be there? Will, will he be? Will he be? In Sounds the like he'll be ready to play. Yeah. Interesting. That that that'll be interesting. And then uh, j- just really quickly, I, I do like um, United's right hand side more than the left, and I think uh, we'll get into that shortly here with the zonals as well. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, fixture difficulty is very pretty neutral. Actually, doesn't really suggest an awful lot either way. Um, you know, interesting that what you mentioned that you, you again predict Manchester United to uh, to 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 further improve and maybe doom Brodge, perhaps. I don't know. Um, on the zonals side of things, uh, Manchester United's right yes. is favourable, as is Leicester's right. Now, well, one thing I will say is, is regarding the zonals for United. I think uh, we we saw in the, in the in the previous game how Ilanga and Sancho they can switch sides, and I think uh, Eric Ten Hag will put Ilanga on the side that has more space. So whatever side maybe the opposing team is pushing up with, they'll put Ilanga on that side for the speed, and they'll put Sancho on the other side for for the creativity. Yeah, I'm just looking at the longer longer range as well. Manchester United's right look actually looks at pretty favorable going forwards as well let's see how much anthony costs hmm. it's looking like well, a wild card transfer if you know if, if judging by his 100 million uh price tag he'll i'm sure he'll be like 10 million in fpl or some shit. <laughs> no no he'll have to be priced similar to the rest of united i reckon yeah, yeah. we could get in it if he comes in at seven he will be in every team so I feel like he's going to be Jesus price eight million maybe eight million. He'll join that eight million crowd. I agree. Make it a difficult decision. You're going to have to go without another asset at the same structure. Right, boys. Um, we're one hour thirteen in. We need to get the uh, the other bits of captaincy, captaincy yeah. and get out of here. So, yeah. uh, Gabe, we need to do the Don Juan pick for a start. Um, Should I'm, we do I'm, that for Gray quickly first? Yeah. Do you want to quick lap? Do you want to play? Moment. Yeah, so guys, enjoy this. Uh, this was Nick Triggerlips, veteran of the FPL community. I think he had three top 200 finishes in consecutive years. Chess grandmaster. This was when he was alive on air with me and Hibbo last year. And um, just watch what happens. There was a match on at the same time. So just enjoy. And he's getting his goals and assists. Oh, 3-1. Hold oh, up. This is getting fucking first. annoying. I, but I think it's dry. I think it's the Corey. Again? No, no Gray, Gray So I've got him in oh, Sky. Fuck okay. off. <laughs> oh, no, that's going to damage my FPL rank, though. You're right. Gray Whatever score. happens, it's so sad when our FPL is more important than fan team. That's Can't devastating. Next on top. LiveFPL.net is going to crash. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. The average and the safety score have gone way up. <laughs> Having Diesel out and then having that prick grey score, it's just like <laughs> it's ruined my fucking day, though. <laughs> you know, you get it's ten, ruined my all, day too, to be fair. All, all ten midfielders blank, don't they? And you just know that fucking grey is going to come along and fuck up your grain week. Game week Monday, like I, yeah. Except all the pricks on Twitter have all got him. That's Everyone's the only people you were every 99% of people posting on Twitter tonight will have him. All, all the, the rest, card is all really the rest will have turned off. 
Or game week four, is it? Yeah, all the game week four wildcard is having. All, all the ones that just got grey because everyone else was and like you got a goal a week before. You know, the depth of their analysis and oh, it's rough. And then he got him because it's the only one they could afford to get because they were getting Ronaldo, you know. Do you know who the next one is though? Gallagher. So I always say... If so yeah, so that's a game week four as well last year. So on that four. note, I'm going to get that bandwagon pick. I'm going to get fucking Perisic. That prick. Oh, that no. prick Actually, that clip so long, I nearly had a chance to go to the loo. <laughs> oh, there was like two or three minutes of that left, but I just ended it at that moment. But there was some gold in some of those uh, guest episodes. Um, we'll have to bring some of the guests from last year back for a round table, I think. Um, that'd be good fun. We're going to roast some of them as well. Right. Should we do the captaincy? Yeah. Hold on. I've nearly given up with this, actually, <laughs> after last week. I mean, 2.37 million to one chance of Salah not getting anything. Um, I then get some comments, various comments. I had some comments from you, Gabe. We were talking about the the way that we're showing the the, the captaincy metric. And, yeah. um, because, there's, because, I mean, still, I think the issue is with the when you rank a player from one, you know, as in one, two, three, four, is that you don't see the context behind it. And right. I think that's that's the challenge with the with any metric right now. And uh, yeah, so anyway, let's talk about this week's metric and what we've done. We've made a slight change. We've not changed anything in the, the nuts and bolts behind it, but we've just changed how it looks. So what we're doing now is we're showing the last, the past six data uh, with respect to minutes, um, how many hauls, returns, and also the form, that's points, actual points per, night, uh, per appearance, actually. Uh, and then this week's game, uh, fixed difficulty, any time return, expected points, and zonal matchups. Um, and basically, now you will see numbers between 100 and 0. 100 means you the player is the highest ranked, or the player or the team is the highest ranked that game week. 0 is the lowest ranked that game week and everything else falls in between um, as a percentile. So let's look at it this week. Um, Harland is top. Um, well, what do we say here? Um, the only thing that he's got anything negative about him is his minutes. Surprise, surprise. 100 ranked for Hall, 100 ranked for return, very close to the top for form. Fixed difficulty just slightly behind Liverpool. Any time return just slightly behind KDB. Expected points, same as Salah, just a slightly behind KDB. I think this all comes down to minutes. And zonal matchups slightly down, but still very, very good. Um, tiny, tiny um, margins above KDB. And I'm talking tiny margins between all three here. Second, KDB. Better on minutes. Not so good on holes or returns. Not so good on form. Oh, hardly surprising with Salad, though with Haaland the way he's been. Um, mentioned the fixed difficulties are the same. Any time returns and expected points actually for KDB is higher. So that's where the benefit. That's where you. That's why it's balancing it out. And then Mo Salah, despite his situation, you know, very very unlucky. Well, unlucky missed from two yards or yard, or whatever it was, um, 94 uh, ranked for minutes. So best ranked for minutes 
out of them all, out of the top three anyway. But not for hauls and returns look, and this is where it's dragging Salah down somewhat. If you think you're gonna, if you think that's gonna be rectified, then that's fine. Go Salah, is what I say because that would jump him up. Form eighty four, fixture difficulty is best. Okay, and that might be even higher now, which means suggests if if you think Liverpool's fixture difficulty improves further because of Newcastle situation, the gap widens between City and Liverpool as well. Uh, anytime returns ninety two, expected ninety four. Zonals a hundred. This is too close to call, guys. Where are you with this? I I don't know. I I've been alternating between the two and. It's like I feel like I've focused so much on my transfers that my captaincy is going to become like something I changed five, six more times before deadline. Um, it's all Salah on my bus team, but it's mainly because of the injuries and that second home game. But Holland, I feel like he will start. I feel like he'll be rested in the following game where Alvarez could start. And he might only get 60 minutes, but he showed he doesn't need long for his hat-trick. So it's kind of... There's something about it, but then the Salah has the extra point for the goal, the clean sheet. I keep thinking to myself, what what would I want to do? And one thing I do hate is how Salah, Haaland and Jesus are all like 100% EO every week. So whichever mm. one I don't captain out of the three, it's like I'm not really rooting them one. And that's like fucking three of my starting 11. Who cares about goalkeeper halls? So that's four out of 11. It's like there's not many players left to root for. So I feel like captaincy each week is the most important. And to Robert Ducky's point, he was like, he's got all four of them wrong. I do feel like they've been 50-50s and it's just unfortunate. Like, you've got to keep trusting your process. And the reality is, say you were 20 points or 19 points behind, I think, one of us. That's like one captaincy, potentially, if your captain hauls and the other captain flops. So I think I would stay focused and stay true and go with whatever one you feel has the biggest positives for them this week. Because there's no right answer, but... Pick the one that you, you're confident of because you're going to be rooting against the other two that you have. That's for certain. You can only root for one of the three this week. And yeah. it's, it's not going to be Jesus for me. It's going to be Haaland or Salah, I think. Uh, look, I'm going to give you a perspective and you know it might actually resonate with what you were talking about earlier on, Nima, about the fact whether you've got two attackers for a particular team. I've got two. I've got Diaz and Salah. Can I cover Liverpool? Can I cover Salah with that double up and still go Haaland? Could you cover, uh, you know, and, and and switch it round? Look at it the other way around. If you own two City, could you cover Haaland by Gundogan? I think you probably could. I think, you know, I, I think again, I think that might play into... You, I've used this narrative a lot about blocks of players haven't i like double ups I've, I've i've done this for the last couple of years works quite well and sometimes by by i managed a few years ago to cover players like bruno fernandez by using rashford and martial for example couldn't get to, you know so it just makes me wonder whether that might play into play into my thinking this week because i own both salah and diaz what if you had double I up captain, on both teams because i could I go that Harlan? way but what I if you had a double up on both teams? Because then I'm like, I'm well, that's back. even worse. If you're in that position, then doubling up on both, then that really is tough. But I, mean, I think <laughs> then I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't. If Harland, if if Harland is going to start, people think, and I'm going to be. I'll tell you what I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at um, what is it? Um, 
uh, is Anna, isn't it? Or is it is it Anna Woodbury or is Emma, it Emma? Is it Emma? Or, or which that one? Yeah, you know the, the, the prediction. Yeah, Emma, yeah. Luke, yeah, I think. Did I see that Luke seems to think that Harland will start? I, he I does. Think, yeah, I think a lot of them that's do. That's the case. That might that might swing me to Harland. They think they think that he's more likely to be arrested before this City Champions League. Right. Tie. So if that's the case, I think I will go Harland. If that's the case, I know Gabe's on. He was on Salah when we started the stream. I don't know where he's at now, hour and twenty in. But I'm I'm leaning back towards Haaland, especially because I don't have Gundogan, and it looks like I might not get to him. It, it looks like I might just get to Perisic. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. As far as I just I just I don't see Salah blanking after after blanking in a nine nil. I just don't see that happening. I think um, you know if we're looking at whatever million to one, if, if you if you add another blank with the, with a team hall, um, so I, I'm I'm pretty set on Salah now. Tomorrow, if you know, do City when does City play? Does City play Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So so we won't know. So you I'll, I'll, anything, I'll yeah. keep it on Salah. I'm gonna keep it on Salah because I'm just not gonna risk it. I, I don't know what kind of rotation. I, I think this is this week. Uh, this midweek and this weekend is when we really feel the brunt of the force of Pep Roulette. And going into City captaincy in a week when we're first getting midweek games just feels bad to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Salah because of the for the minutes and the matchup. But the minutes is what does it for me. The injuries really tip it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the injuries put it over the edge for sure. I agree. It's it's a tough decision. It's I'll tough say decision. at this moment in time, I'm, I, if 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 we think Haaland is going to start, I, I cannot look past past City uh, at home against Forest. It's my my perspective. Um, I, I tell you what, if you're in the almost enviable position of captain of, of having Haaland and KDB, God help you making a decision because KDB doesn't blank twice at home either. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Um, very, very tough. Um, just from the perspective, I'll, I'll just summarise up where we are then. So there we go. So we've got overall is Haaland. KDB for me is an outstanding chance. And our ultra differential, who maybe isn't ultra differential now, I'm not sure whether he's more than 10% owned. I never checked it after uh, last week. But he double returned last week. Sterling again. He is just quietly mm-hmm. so quietly now starting to do bits and, and again another player i think who might rattle the template in the coming weeks uh guys really 6.4 percent owned how much 6.4 oh so it's still under the still so mm-hmm. still our yeah. ultra differential so yeah. yeah so there we go so but he's not even on the he's not even in the top 10 that just tells you how far out it is so mm-hmm. you basically as i said as i mentioned if we'll just go back to it again just very quickly so, in order, Harlan, De Bruyne, Salah, then Cancelo and Trent. Now, you could argue that that could switch round again, given the fact that Newcastle's injury is there. Uh, Foden's up there, which worries me deeply, considering I sold him, but he's not too far away from Diaz. If we ignore that zonal matchup for Diaz, he jumps right up again, but we have to measure it somehow. Um, and then the rest. Jesus, James, Martinelli. I'm only going to show 10. Because everyone's saying, oh, what about him? What about him? No, I'm not showing that anymore. So I'm going to go to show 10. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, that's where we are. Um, should we do some questions and get out of here? All right. Yeah, do you want to take some of the ones from Discord? 
Uh, yeah, if you want, very quick. We're only at one hour 27, Nima. We're doing really well. You did say one hour 30, so we have three minutes to go. <laughs> Rapid fire. All right, so we answered Robert Ducky's one. How do I get my 50-50 captaincy calls right? So I definitely think you need to keep going with it and trust the process. Like, you, it's just been unfortunate, honestly. Like, you're probably one captaincy away from being at a similar rank to anyone else at this point. The ranks are so tight. Captain together. one, I don't. Then you'll get it right. Have, have, Sal- have Salah <laughs> be part of that 50. <laughs> that was Gabe's. Yeah, Gabe was saying Captain Salah. That, that to be fair that, that is the thing i do do which is something i looked at was i think i was telling you guys before the show is worthwhile answer for everything else from this week is we've been looking at eo of players but i like really the elite 1000 has never been like this where nine of the players and seven of them are starters they're all over 90 percent. so mm-hmm. because of the easier fixtures for the big teams and the kind of pricing that lets you get all of their fullbacks it's hard for people to sell their assets and i think you've therefore then been unfortunate in that situation. So this is like a season where because everything else is the same, your captaincy calls become like such a vital part until there is more of a differentiation in that seven or nine core players in the squad that we all have. So I think for now, that's maybe where you've suffered, but it doesn't mean you're going to suffer more. So I wouldn't then revert on the style that you've gone for, the aggressive style. Go back, get Salah like, say, um, Southerns did, and then you captained him and then that fucked just stick with your guns. Like you've got this far. You've Gabe's you've, worked you've... him Gabe's Gabe's worked him out. He benched him. You know, <laughs> benched the MVP strikers. And we still won. You guys won your tournament match. I MVP. Didn't, yeah. Who? Anyway, I think that's right. I think that's the thing. Yeah. So just just okay. don't worry too much. Like it's not gonna be a zero percent captaincy percent. Let's keep again. going, Nima. Come on, we're, we're... <laughs> We need to so get out. Daddy bot, yeah. So daddy bot, moving money from defense to attack. We covered this. Should I downgrade James or Cancelo? So I think we've said that neither, but I would be more tempted by Cancelo this week. Um, the, the answer is neither, but both. Eventually, not this week, because he wants exactly. to get yeah, he wants to get like Duncan Rodrigo for James and Dewsbury Hall. Like I, I don't know if that's really something I'd be looking to do this week. No. Um. So Diaz is Kevin Rose's only City defender. Is it worth moving him to James or Cancelo or replacing Kulusevski with Gundogan and roll the one free transfer? So Kulusevski with Gundogan, I don't know. Like there's talks of um, Richarlison starting in the next few matches, but I think that might be for Sun. So I'm not sure I'd be looking to do Kulusevski to Gundogan just yet. Um, James or Cancelo? Quite solid, right? He still, he still seems quite yeah. solid. To me, he's a hold if you've got him. I think so. Maybe not a buy, oh, but he's definitely a I hold. I can understand the appeal of Gundogan for, for this midweek fixture, but you don't know if Gundogan will be benched at the weekend. So is it? it's just a one-week one so, so then would you go down the route of Diaz up to like James or Cancelo instead? I don't no, know I'd be doing the Diaz opposite. Going yeah. Cancelo to Diaz. <laughs> yeah, so not, not, not providing that advantage, that one million advantage. Maybe Diaz to James with the matchup being so good this week for James. It could be, a, if you're going to do it anyway... I would mm. say this is the week to make that move happen. Um, mm. Dom asked, game week six onwards, is Mitrovic fixture-proof? So I think this is the idea of downgrading Cancelo, not this week, but in game week six for like Gabriel or even Neko Williams mm. and then getting a striker up front instead, so Mitrovic. And I think he is fixture-proof, as we say, in the sense that you would play him every week. Um, yeah. DG Boy, best fourth midfielder between Gross and Rodrigo. Harrison. Just, yeah, I would, I would say in this oh. argument, this point at the price point, 
yeah. I would go gross over Harrison potentially, but I don't know about whether over Rodrigo. Um, best first striker between Tony and Mitrovic. Sorry, say again. Mr. Best Mitrovic. first striker between Tony and Mitrovic. I think what's the price is getting price is getting quite narrow, quite tight now, isn't it? Yeah, Mitrovic is 6.7, I believe. Tony is 7.1, maybe, or 7. I'd probably still stick with the slightly cheaper asset, given the fact Mitrovic is just finding ways. Mm -hmm. Yep, so Dom, again, captaincy. Most are assuming that both Haaland and Salah start first 60 minutes. What if Salah starts 60, but Haaland is subbed in and gets last 20? Who do you see with a higher ceiling? So if Salah only plays 60 and Haaland plays the last 20 against a tired team, which one has more upside in that kind of hypothetical scenario for you? Salah. Salah. Definitely. Um, Gundogan for a one-game punt with Wildcard 9 in mind, trying to do Robertson to Saliba and Dewsbury Hall to Gundogan. That's pretty exciting to me if it's not for a hit. Yeah. Robertson out again, though. I mean, is, unless Simicas is going to start, is he? I don't know. He's already getting One of the next few, yeah, you never know. And then the last one from FPL Craig. Would you mind explaining exactly how Cancelo is being asked to play differently this season, please? I'm hearing this is affecting his attacking threat, and I'm guessing this in turn affects his chance of bonus points as well. Yeah, so, so we, we, we did talk about this. Uh, I'll just recap it briefly. And um, what's happening with Cancelo is he's tucking in, he's tucking in, he's playing on the left hand side rather than the right hand side like he did last season. And he's tucking in on that left-hand side, but in front of him, he's got a bunch of center mids like like KDB, like the Gundawan and, and, and the such. And so he's not getting wide around the wing or close to the box at all. So he's he's being held back almost as a central defensive mid, which is limiting his approach to the box. Now, from an like expected assist perspective, that angle on the left side of defensive mid for him to assist with his right foot, it's just the wrong angle. He's, he'd be much better from the right-hand side doing that because he could kind of swing those swing those balls into the box. So the angle doesn't work for him on the left-hand side. We do need him on the right in order for him to be worth the seven million, I think. Nima, you need to check teacher's question. You've been told off. You're getting lines. Why, why wouldn't he put his question up? Is it this one? No, I think it's in in probably in Discord. Is it? Should we quickly cover some other bits whilst we're just whilst you're having a quick look, Gabe? Uh, Get rid of Trippier or Robertson for James. Trippier's injured, right? Yeah, Trippier's injured. I, I doubt he'll play this mid game week. So I guess I guess it depends if if you need him for for the mid game week. Yeah, sure. He... So we've got Color to Gundo, a good transfer. That's an interesting one. Like I say, one week punt it's against a, a player transfer. who's fairly nailed. I say I think it's unfair to call Gundo on a one week punt. That, it's just it's just we don't we don't know you know he no. could you know he was he was rested or benched or whatever the the narrative you want to give it this this past game like he that could happen again he could be a he could be a ucl player the way mars was yeah, yeah. but we don't know yeah just a coat just a note on mitrovic veltman possibly uh got some possible injury doubts as well mm. might mm -hmm. benefit benefit him dread mentions that any thoughts on Eze after game week 10 i'll answer that the fixture difficulty improves the the everything improves for palace the longer we look out certainly in that range um gabe you like you liked him but then you don't like well you, you liked him then you like someone else more so you sold him um i, well, I don't Eze, mind him. i don't Eze mind palace in the longer term not not yes. not yet for me He's the best player at that price point, as, as far as player yeah. goes. He just needs the fixtures in around game week 10. I think that's when they change. Yeah. 
Alan, Sterling captain, if you're brave enough. Um, thoughts about Welbeck? Better, better Brighton assets, Gabe? Nemo? I think, I think I'd definitely be going for gross um, if I had to pick between them. Welbeck just finds a way not to deliver FPL points, I find. Um, like, he's he's the nailed striker for Brighton and they have good fixtures, but I don't know. How much does he cost compared to gross? Because gross still feels great value at that price point, and I think I'd just go that way. Very quick narrative coming in now, not a question, from Andy, who is the correspondent on uh, Planet FPL for Leeds. Harrison nailed set pieces, taking up great spaces on the pitch to get shots away, and he's very good at shooting from 20 yards. And he cannot wait for Harrison's 12-pointer in a 3-1 win tomorrow night. So good enough for me, Andy. <laughs> teams, teams score very few uh, shots out from outside the box in a, in a given season. So if that's what you're banking on, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's okay for, for uh, someone at $6 million. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, that's, that's right. a bit of a long shot. TSAFC uh, attempted to go James in for Zinchenko instead of sideways to an Arsenal defender, Nima? Yeah, I think I would definitely do this. So I've responded to some of these in the chat as we went along, but okay. I think that seems like a move I would be going for rather than downgrading to one of the other centre-backs. Is Bailey go- isn't Bailey going to Ajax? Someone's just... Uh, Neil's mentioned. I think I saw that. There's rumours. Um, more fool Stevie Gerrard, if you ask me. There we go. Uh, play Neto or Aronson? I think I know what you're going to say, boys. You've got no option. Well, you might, unless you sell him. Unless I sell him for Aronson. But um, I'll be playing Neto as it stands. But I still think the Bournemouth fixtures just look so good. But, you know, Leeds are a much more exciting team at the moment. Um, I would say if it was Harrison, maybe I'd say Harrison. But because it's Aronson, I feel like he's he's great. But he's not looking like he's had the output necessarily. So he's been one of the better-looking players on the pitch, and I think he's integral to what Leeds are going to do going forwards. But I'd be happy to spend a little bit more, I think, at this stage to get Harrison if I could. Um, well, would you play Neto or Aronson if you had to? Which one? Come on. At this point, I would still go for Neto at this point just because right, of that match. Yeah, but that's, it's tough. That's what I mean. Aronson felt like a great pick earlier on, and having waited, I'm not sure if that's the exact kind of Leeds mid I would want going forwards long term. Yeah. So from Yasni, uh, moving forward with two free transfers, which one of these are better for Robbo and Neto? First option, Duncan, Duncan Diaz, uh, or second, 5.5 to 5.5 defender and Rodrigo? I'm guessing that's a Diaz with an S, the defender. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. No, that's no. a Z. That's a Z. It Luis looks like Diaz. Luis Diaz. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Duncan Diaz. I think so. Yeah, tend to agree. Uh, has anyone taken a hit yet? Have you taken a hit? No. No, none of us. No hits. Um, on the Cancelo point, uh, he has to play Neto this week. It's from Mia. Uh, I have to play uh, Neto this week. So do I do Cancelo to Walker and Neto to Rodrigo? Am I crazy? I don't think I'd be doing that this week. Play Neto. Play Neto. Neto. Start Dunk or Andreas for game week five? Dunk for me. From Okay. That's that's certainly the start questions, unless there's any more. Nima, just coming back to you, did you get that question? Yeah, the the last question. Yeah, the last question. um, It was the given that we have free Man City, free Liverpool and free Arsenal, who represents the best five to six million player going forwards? 
and then who's the best goalkeeper for people jumping off Ward and Iverson combo? I think the goal. I'm going to go for the goalkeeper one. I I think I, I've just bought Sanchez in. If I'm looking at a wild card, I might go Henderson. I quite like the look of Henderson with respect to save points, penalty saves, particularly by the looks of things. <laughs> but, no, I quite like Henderson. I think Sanchez probably right now. Henderson maybe in a few weeks hmm. for goalkeepers. What about the other bit? So that's five to six million mid, yeah. That's not from Arsenal, Liverpool. Gross? Five to six, yeah, gross. 5.7 million for gross. Um, it's not It's not going to be a mid. It can be a striker. Is there any striker in that oh, price point? No. <laughs> not one that we're willing to accommodate. No. Um, no. Yeah, I think gross, yeah. I think if you can get to 6.5, I would be going for Odegaard as a cheeky punt, but... I think under six mil, then yeah, I tend to agree. Gross is the guy I'm looking at. Okay, and just a couple more bits and bobs. Have we got any more questions here? Um, here we go. Kane or Rodrigo was a captain. <laughs> wow, if that's your choice, um... I think it's definitely Kane for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, take a look at the metric as well, Omar. Um, I think there's, I'm sure you own at least two or three of the top five of the metric. Have a have a look at that. Um, we will post that as well as a separate clip again, because just for people, if people want to come in and specifically catch that. Um, here's a minus eight. Was Williams to fulfill? Yeah, they wild carded to delete this minus eight. All right. Oh, okay. Oh no! Right. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Let's. We'll. We'll maybe answer that outside it. Um. Perry. Perry six to James for a hit this week. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I think Perry six will start this week. <laughs> no. 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 Right. I think that's it, boys. Should we get out of here? Yeah. So we'll get out of here. So thanks for everyone tuned in. There's 62 people still here at 12:51 a.m. UK time. Must be 7:51 a.m. for you, Mariner. Is that right? Yeah, work. just about to go to work <laughs> on the next day along, and then obviously for Gabe, it's barely even come to sunset yet. So afternoon, <laughs> sunset, evening, got some wine. It's a good times. Just starting your evening ahead. Um, when are we back? Yeah. When are we back, Nima? When are we back? Forty-eight hours on Thursday night for the next game week deadline in quick succession. So not, not hours long now. About seventy-two hours. It is, but I just skipping those now. <laughs> As he says, it's almost 1 a.m. there. <laughs> so yeah, because for me, it's already wrong. Tuesday. I'm looking exactly. at Thursday now, yeah. <laughs> I've written off Tuesday's already done. Off to work we go. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you can support us before the September deadline for the Football Content Awards, you'll find the link in the description below. It takes 15 seconds to vote for Net That Hall in the fo Fancy Football category in the uh, Creators section. So we'd really appreciate that. Support the channel. Hit like if you found today useful. Check out the captaincy vod when it's uploaded. And other than that, we will see you guys in a couple of days' time for the Game Week 6 episode and see if the template's been shaken up a bit by then. But I feel like it's going to be a very exciting game week ahead. Good luck all. May you netto those halls. <laughs>